It's the Hello and welcome once again to the Moore and Connolly Football Show, the podcast that gives you your little fix of the NFL with an added je ne sais quoi. Big shout out as always to the Gridiron family, of which we're proud to call ourselves a part. My name is Tom Moore, talking nonsense since 1986, and joining me as always is the godfather of the family. It's Ollie Connolly. Ollie, how the devil are you doing, my friend? I'm doing okay. You know, it's funny. Sometimes you listen to podcasts, um, like me. You probably listen to tons of American sports podcasts, right? Listen to check in with the NFL, and you'll hear often people say, "This is like my flu game." People say that all the time, right? Usually, they're referring to either a hangover they don't want to speak of, or having driven a long way. Journalists hate to drive long ways, and so they get upset about that. Or they've just had a kid recently, so they're not sleeping much. This is my physical flu game. I have the flu. I have crawled off my flu bed. One of the only things, Tom, that would get me to crawl off my flu bed, <laughs> some kind of work situation, would be to come and sit with you and our MCFS family for what is essentially our Christmas special. I am honoured, Ollie. How uh, how much are you suffering, brother? Have you seen my face and my eyes? <laughs> how do I look? Skeletal? Well, hang on. Let me just zoom in on you slightly so <laughs> I can get the best view I can. Um, you look all right. You are wearing a hat. Which, which gives you, a, yeah, and it's a cap, which gives you a little bit of a sick child vibe. So, <laughs> rather disturbing say, way. What it has done for me, fortunately, because of the, the purging and the dehydration and then other mm-hmm. bodily uh, excretions, um, I am now like shredded for Christmas. You know, usually this time of year, it, we're getting close to the playoffs. My diet gets a bit crap. I can't cook very much, can't get out to the gym. So, by this time of the year, I start to get a little bit, you know, a little bit full around the midsection before we get to the playoffs. I am coming into Christmas just shredded to the gills at the moment because i've just let all the all the fluids drain from my body absolutely love it ollie now but what are you you must be like what like you like 510 i'd say yeah yeah 510 you're about 510 how much do you weigh i have no no earthly idea i was to be really interested about that because you know you stay in good shape i just wondered like what you would have gone down to because i'm like 510 physical fitness yeah boxing hour 70 kg I don't 70 70 zero. Zero, yeah it man that's really that you must have been shredded because i i i'm i'm not in bad shape i'm not in great shape i've let myself go a little bit but i'm about 78 kg and we're about the same height yeah i'd probably be touching 80 now i'd say maybe more though since the 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 dehydration phase maybe maybe i'm back down would we be in the same weight category we might be yeah yeah i think so i think i would not i would not win that fight It's the sclerosis, man. I wouldn't know what I'm doing. <laughs> Too many knocks in the head with the steak. Um, anyway, on today's show, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to get into, as we always do, our headlines for next week. These are the headlines we think we're going to see next week after this weekend's uh, slate of games. Then we're going to get into our game show. And this week it's Christmas themed. Some nice Christmassy based questions, Ollie, uh, and some quotes as well from players. Just a little bit of fun. And we'll round that out. So a nice tight show so you don't feel like you're going to die uh, before the end <laughs> how do you feel about having a full red zone slate of games on a christmas eve and then your packers play the dolphins and what i really think is you know game of the season is an overstated thing but we are into now essentially these games for certain teams being playoff games this is a playoff game between the packers and mm-hmm. the Dolphins, essentially on christmas day slap bang for us and what what time is that on christmas day that one 6 p.m for us is it the, it's the early early window game right i'm calling my eastern time zones right now it's the, it is 
the first game how are you feeling about having kind of a full batch of christmas games they, they've dabbled with trying to steal christmas day from the nba before and because of the way christmas has fallen this year they've just said let's just go all in on it and we have a full nfl sunday on a saturday on christmas eve feels weird it does feel weird to me and obviously i'm traveling out to greece on friday so Ooh. saturday will be at home that i will be not be watching red zone that's for sure <laughs> i unfortunately won't be getting any of that and i might be able to watch a little bit of the packers on on christmas day if i'm lucky but six o'clock in the evening is kind of bedtime for the boys you see <laughs> so it's it's moving into bedtime we got two boys you know it's chaos so you can't really settle down and watch a game they're not at that age yet where i can kind of go out and be fine you know my wife can do it by herself so realistically i'm probably going to wake up on boxing day in greece and go right what was the score Hmm. or sit down with a, a glass of some kind of strange Greek <laughs> strange <laughs> Greek aperitif and be saying, well, right, what was the score? How did it end up? Or where is this? what is the score now? Can you remember back in the day when you used to be able to go on the NFL website, before there was Game Pass or any kind of that, stuff like that, and you would have the pitch, the field, like a picture of it, and you would see the ball moving. Oh, the game it would, cast, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. And it was like, if it was a straight line, it was a run. And if it was like a big <laughs> loop, it was a pass with the straight line of the yards after the catch. I think so, there's some people out there who just have never experienced that, watching that. You still have to do that with some college games. You know, they still they still don't film some college games because there's like 5,000 a weekend. True. And so you have to follow along Troy versus Akron online with the Gamecast. And it's a, it's like the the internet's teletext, which I also miss. It's a strange one. I'm about to give you my thoughts on the Packers. Let's go to the headlines. So these are the headlines that we think we're going to see next week after this slate of NFL games. And Ollie, I'm going to kick you off with this one. It ends here. Packers lose against Miami and proceed to end the season with three straight losses and even see Jordan Love starting a game in week 18. That's how it's going to go down, Ollie. The Packers do not win another game. I just said wow then as though I, in my head that might be a, a, a fevered fantasy where I just like assumed you came from the future. I was like, wow, really? It was like... <laughs> <laughs> it is I, the ghost of Christmas future. Uh, I mean, you know, you could definitely see it happening. The Dolphins have not have been off their game now for three straight weeks. I actually thought they played perfectly fine against the, the Bills for a large portion of that game. Josh Allen just kind of put the cape on once the snow started falling down later in the game. And we got to see a little bit stuff different from the Dolphins on offense what, what's been interesting with them all season is Mike McDaniel came in right as the run game guru kind of the the shadow figure behind Kyle Shanahan who made the run game tick while Shanahan did all the stuff kind of in the passing game and play action and he got to Miami and they had this bombs away aerial attack and they've never been able to get the running game going we saw against the Bills them get under center way more than they have before we spoke about it briefly last week, some of the, the difficulties Mike McDaniel had when he got there, trying to fuse together what Tua did last season when he was playing well with what kind of his native style is, which is the under-center, deep play-action world, which which flows in that Kyle Shanahan and stuff. And they've never really found the middle meeting ground between that, whether it's using more of the pistol or just ditching one or picking one over the other. And they're now leaning more into this under-center game. So I do think they're a little bit stuck between two minds in what they want to be kind of heading to the postseason. Some of that would be eyes 
on if we've got to go through Buffalo or KC in the playoffs versus what you're just doing one week when you want to end a three-game skid and you're playing a Packers defense that right now is just a complete disaster. To be fair to the Packers offense now, we're looking at, I think, the last five weeks, they've averaged 27 points a game, which in the end... Yeah, they've been doing all right. That's really good. That's the best five-game stretch they've had all season, right? And it's just defensively, they are a complete mess. They are so passive. They they don't they don't blitz. They don't do anything creative. And if you're gonna play that kind of drop off, you know, tons of zone, which just philosophically I'm opposed to, but each coach has their kind of own deal of doing things. If you're gonna play that more passive style, everything has to be super tight, super coordinated. You can have zero bust because you're purposely playing passive and passing things off and playing with winks and nods and all some, some of that old Seattle style stuff for as aggressive and as intimidating as those players were as kind of athletes and players, a lot of their kind of X's and O style was to play in zones and pass people off and be kind of geniuses on the back end. The amount of coverage bust these guys have when they're just dropping to a landmark and everyone's mm. just pointing at someone and they're running free. It's just unconscionable. I mean, I think Joe Barry will be gone by the end of the season, but you just cannot obviously allow any room to maneuver for Waddle, Hill, Gasicki, or, or any of the, the Dolphins playmakers. Yeah, it makes me sad a little bit how the defense has fared this season, and I agree the offense has kind of turned things around slightly. And now how I look at this team, Ollie, is if I th- I'm just thinking really about it here as it goes into the offseason as, as a bit of a Packers fan, is that I think the offense now, I'm looking at it and going you know what, maybe a, a tight end, maybe, you know, a wide receiver if you want to draft one, but we don't need to go charging for a wide receiver in the first round necessarily. I don't I don't see that now. I think we're okay. What I see is a defense that just needs a complete overhaul, not in talent, but yeah. in, in structure and in scheme. Uh, because whatever is 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 has been going on this season it is not working and i can understand and appreciate how they're waiting till the end of the season to be honest i get that just see 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 the season through but if if barry hasn't gone then i will be absolutely mystified by the whole thing and just to just to round this one off ollie this is going to go one or two ways right this is going to go the way that i think the packers lose every game or we're going to see one of those ridiculous, they win three games and somehow they get in and then get flamed in the first week of the playoffs. It's it's going to go one or two ways. Steve, here's the thing, though. If you look at even just the two games they've won, it's been against two teams who aren't really even competing. The Rams, who are just completely broke. Yeah, true. Right? And then the Bears, who have thrown their entire roster to the Wolves at the trade deadline, and just Justin Fields is dragging them, kicking in the streets, and screaming into somewhat competitive games. Other than that, every time they've played a decent team here for two months, they've even oh, lost yeah. or just been shelled. Um at the Dolphins, home to the Vikings, home to the Lions. That's that's really tough. But if they do win those three, to your point, then that means that they're just pretty good now. That would that would be what that would mean because th- those are three legitimately good teams. And so then they, would they just be good? All of a sudden, I can't imagine defensively they would get good when they ha- when they've lost two of their premier playmakers that. Com- you know, it just topples the entire style that they build. That was one of the big issues with what Joe Barry was constructing was very specific style to air very specific players. You pull those pieces out and it's like the whole thing falls apart. That's You can't do that in the NFL. It, you know, it's a 100% injury rate league. The quarterback's thumb is busted. You know, it's like everyone gets injured. You can't build a style around two guys. That's just silly. And you see what, what's happened to the defense. Um, 
as that has happened. So, yeah, they need in the offseason, to your point, to go and... Fa- and it can't be, frankly, you know, I, you'll hear already Packers fans saying, go get us Vic Fangio, go get us the biggest name on the street who is available. The guy who was a former head coach who's flamed out somewhere and let's go pay him more money than anyone else and go hire him. They need to get someone with a very specific style, which is incredibly aggressive, incredibly innovative and modern, incredibly blitz centric, because you should be building your team around the fact that we should have the lead. Now, if that doesn't happen, then that's a massive failing of the roster construction and the offense. They've given this quarterback so much money and capital, which means we have to be playing at all times with a seven point advantage. That's why we gave you that cash. So you build a defense that is commensurate with that philosophy. And if it doesn't work, yeah, the whole thing comes tumbling down. You're all out of jobs. That's that's how the league works. Exactly. And if you if you want to remain a glass half full person when it comes to the Packers for the rest of the season, you say Miami. Well, Miami on a slide. Packers on a bit of a on a bit of a high. Is there potential there? Vikings. I've always said sheep in wolf's clothing, and that one's at Lambo. And then the Lions. Come on, it's the Lions. This is always <laughs> the, the potential there for for ben, banal nonsense. Yeah, so there's the chance for Aaron Rodgers to break the heart of Detroit one last time in Week 18. He will find whatever method there is to, to do it's it. It's like the, it always was the Bears, wasn't it? There was there was that guy. I remember the video of I'm not sure which time it was when Randall Cobb caught a catch that defeated them, but it was just he was just watching the Bears Packers and he goes, "Not Randall Cobb again, <laughs> not again." Oh dear, makes me laugh. Right, Ollie, give me your first headline. Tanks for nothing. The Patriots turn their attention to the draft after a resounding drubbing from the Bengals. So this is this is really interesting, Ollie, because I completely see. I mean, there's nothing shocking about this prediction in terms of it. The the outcome, the Bengals giving the Patriots a drubbing. There's nothing shocking about that. But what I think we're turning here to is, as you said, is them turning their attention to the draft. And what does that look like? What does this offseason look like for the Patriots? Because it is going to be a different situation for them. And with with Mac Jones and um, with the roster in, in need of a little bit of a spruce up, Ollie, what does this mean for the Patriots? This is where last week's debacle, the final play of the game, which we didn't have a chance to see. Do you know why he threw that and he didn't see him? Because he was on the Raiders logo in the middle of the field. That's why That's he right. didn't... No, why has no one said that? He, he's... He's in a black uniform on a black bit of field. <laughs> Didn't see him. Now, I think he threw that lateral because I'm not going to cast blame here on anyone else. It was an idiotic play. I think Jacoby Myers, his whole team blessed them, came out one by one. Not a dumb play was the right decision. It's like it so obviously was not the right mm. decision. I think if you asked him now, he would say, yeah, I shouldn't have done that. I think he did that because Ramondre Stevens did, Stevenson did the first one. And I think he thought, shit, did I miss something in the huddle? Are we doing that lateral play thing? Because why did is he this, is this the a ball thing? Is this a yeah. thing now? Oh, I must have missed it. Let me throw it to this goofy white guy that we have in the middle of the field <laughs> who will get poleaxed by the most fearsome defender on the field. Um, wow. But the, the, you know, that was obviously a catastrophic play for that game, but for their season too, because now they're seven and seven. And they're they're 16th currently in the draft order, according to Tankathon, which is a site that really exists. That's a real website. Love it. Um, So they're 16th in the draft order. But if you look at their remaining schedule, they play the Bengals, the Dolphins, and the Bills. Okay. If the Patriots lose out, they can get to seventh in the draft. Right. So 
you're looking at a situation where they are atrocious on offense. They can't even get a playoff a lot of the time, right? The route spacing is an embarrassment. They've got this defensive coach who they've made their offensive architect. It makes no sense. The quarterback is frazzled, confused, and angry at everyone in the building and not good enough to be any of those things, right? It's like mm-hmm. you to be angry with all of us. Um, yep. So if I'm them and you're thinking, long, what's in the best long-term health of the franchise? Well, having a middling draft pick, which, I mean, this is the pages, they would trade down anyway, but having the seventh pick in the draft as a valuable asset to trade down to go and do stuff with would make more sense for the long-term sustainability of the franchise, whether Belichick's there, whether he retires, whether his son takes over, whatever it is, whether Tom Brady returns, whatever the scenarios are, whether they go and trade for a veteran quarterback, Derek Carr, whoever it is, that would be better for them than finishing 8-8, eight and eight, missing the postseason, and having the 15th or 16th pick in the draft. So I think they're going to get hammered by the Bengals this weekend. And they have the best defense in the NFL, the best. And they, since week five, they have by far outpaced everyone in every single advanced metric by leaps and bounds. Everyone in the league, Niners, Jets, the top, top groups, they are that good on defense but it's just not going to amount to anything. What is the point of getting into the first round again and getting undressed by the Bills scoring on every single drive? You know, it, it just makes no sense to them at this point. They would be better off throwing Zappy back out there, doing whatever they think they need to do to kind of have a wink or a look ahead to next season whilst losing these games to kind of shuffle into the top 10 of the draft. That would be a bold shout putting Zappy in. Um, quick 30 seconds. Does Bill stay? Does uh, what happens in that department? Yeah, I, I think I'm, I'm pretty confident. I, I don't know if we spoke about this on here or not, or I've done it on other podcasts, but I'm, I've, I'm closer to the situation in Vegas than any other situation in the league right now. And I am confident in saying that Bill Belichick is extraordinarily pissed off about how everything went down with Josh McDaniels leaving the Patriots to take the Vegas job. He did things when he left that are just absolute no-nos in the coaching community in terms of who you take from one staff to another staff. Okay, the certain protocols you're supposed to go through and certain things you're not supposed to do. One of the big no-nos is you don't take any of kind of the infrastructure personnel, chefs, PAs, um, booking agents, right? Like kind of people further down the line, that's not your organization, right? That's got nothing to do with mm. you. It's like the running backs coach becoming your OC, you know, high five, no problem. That's a big job promotion. You don't take any of the furniture. And Josh McDaniels took as much of the furniture as would take a pay rise and move to Vegas with him as he could possibly get on the private jet. So I, I really think that there's a massive, massive chip on Bill Belichick's shoulder to return to the playoffs and win a playoff game, one without Tom Brady. And I think the McDaniels thing has reignited something in him. And the only way he would move at this point is if he he had someone he was prepared to hand it off to being either Jared Mayo, his son, Steve, the DC, or Patricia. And you cannot do the Matt Patricia handoff this offseason after he's been an offensive coordinator this woefully for one year. The only, only way he leaves at this point, and I don't think they would have to have gone, they'd have to have had an embarrassing record, I think. And the defense has been so special that they haven't. The you know, almost like when the Tory party comes in and ousts the prime minister and that, you know, the men in gray suits, mm-hmm. it would have to be Robert Kraft putting his hand on his shoulder over dinner in the off season saying, look, I think, I think it's time. Do you want to own parts of the franchise? Do you want to go and, you know, go to another team and we can figure that out and we dress it up in somewhere where you're getting ownership or something like that. Um, I can't imagine that he's ready to just call it quits himself after the season. Okay. 
fair play. That was longer than 30 seconds. Uh, let's move on to my second and final headline, Ollie. It is the NFC least. All the NFC teams failed to win this weekend. And that's all of them, Ollie. And I appreciate that <laughs> two are playing each other. So the Giants lose at the Vikings. The Commanders lose at the 49ers. And the Eagles and the Cowboys tie. Now, if that came true and I put some money on that, I could, I think, earn quite a lot. But, Ollie, this is mainly a comment on the, the the NFC East and thinking about now as we're moving towards the playoffs. What are your thoughts on that particular division and the teams coming out of it? Well, I'm fascinated by this Eagles-Cowboys game. Obviously, at the time recording, looks like Gardner Minshew's going to play quarterback for the Eagles, which is, a, which is you know, massive, massive difference in, from Jalen Hurts playing, um, who's if not the MVP of the league, second behind Patrick Mahomes. Um, what I'm most interested in that matchup is when they first played, the Eagles are the only team to have found some kind of antidote in small, 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 small uh, uh, snaps to Micah Parsons, which was everyone in the league knows no one can block this guy. Okay, And the Eagles said, we got the five best dudes in the league. The five best. None of these guys can block this guy. And the Eagles are amazing at, uh, sorry, the Cowboys are really good at knowing we can put Parsons anywhere in the formation, right? We can put him on your worst player and he'll clown suit him. Or we can put him on your best player and that's a disaster too because he just beats everyone. So the Cowboys said, we are not going to block Micah Parsons. That's going to be the game plan. We will freeze him in space and force him to be indecisive. He doesn't know where the ball's going. They ran all kinds of cool and funky three-way go triple option RPOs essentially. And then there were times when they just said, we're just going to leave him. To the point, so they, there's like almost panic, like, why am I not being blocked? They were like, mm. no, we can't block him. So we'll block him with space and we'll force it. We'll option him in the run game and we'll option him in the RPO game. And sometimes in the drop back game, we will just leave him and see what he thinks is happening, right? Which is a pretty, pretty kooky game plan, but worked. It worked mm. effectively. Now he still took over parts of the game, but they drove up and down the field on the Murley. Then Micah and the, the, the Cowboys' insane front took over, and then the, the Eagles came back on them late again. But that's all they really needed, and that was the game. So I'm interested to see that that is so limited because you lose the the triple, the third part of the triple option without Hurts' legs, which kind of really hurts from that free stuff. But I'm fascinated to see if they try a similar thing with more of a drop-back guy in Gardner Minshew and what that would mean spinning it forward for anyone else who would see the Cowboys because the whole thing is as as okay as the offense has been the last few weeks and as talented as the the defensive backfield has been creating turnovers though they're not an overly talented group it's about that pass rush right they have the best four-man pass rush in the league by leaps and bounds it's Lawrence it's Parsons if you can find a way to just knock Parsons from being you know demigod of the world down to like 95 percent that is enough to win a playoff game, I believe. So I'm fascinated to see if the Eagles use the same freeze tactics. I would just encourage everyone. It's hard to take your eyes off them anyway. Watch Parsons the entire game and chart in your mind how many times are they not blocking him on purpose and how often is he frozen? Because if that guy is moving north or south, either in coverage or attacking the backfield, he's the best player in the NFL at the moment. He's better than Aaron Donald right now. He's that impactful. Mm-hmm. If he stood flat-footed, he's as good as you and me. Because what is he doing? Right? So... Yeah. If they, if they can find a way to freeze him with Gardner Minshew, that's going to be pretty saucy for the postseason for everyone. Absolutely fascinating, Holly. I absolutely love that. It's, uh, I well, I'll try and watch it. But again, as I said, <laughs> I'm going to be in Greece. It's going to be quite a struggle. But uh, maybe people can keep me up, updated on Twitter. Uh, okay, Ollie, round this off for me, buddy. Panthenomics. 
The Panthers take the lead in the NFC South with a chance to host a playoff game with a losing record. The thought of the Panthers <laughs> hosting a playoff game. I, I feel like this is this is deja vu, though, my friend. We've oh, yeah. been here before oh, with yeah. the Panthers. Yeah, we've Derek Anderson ourselves before. Oh, <laughs> my life, Derek Anderson. Uh, what was the other one? We had another one more recently as well, didn't we? That was who? Oh, I, I swear Cam Newton might have been the quarterback when they did it as well. I think Cam had one year. Yeah, they've, they've had some. They've had a few you, of these. Talk to me about the Panthers and I'll look it up. Well, you've got to give Steve Wilkes an unbelievable amount of credit for the fact that they said, let's get rid of this entire roster, right? The Matt Rule era is over. Let's start selling off the assets and, and strip this this thing down for parts and we'll address it in the offseason. And Steve Wilkes was given the interim tag the way so many minority coaches are given the interim tag, which is you go and get pasted for six weeks and then we'll go and give the job to some hotshot white candidate who's a cool up-and-coming coordinator. And Steve Wilkes was like, not on my time. <laughs> Watch this. And they've not being great because the roster's not good enough though there's this talent on defense for sure uh, he's just found little small things on the margins to help them win they were uber competitive now they're winning some games and if you actually look at their schedule that for the rest of the season they have a real shot at this thing right they they host detroit this weekend where Detroit's being on fire, but it's not exactly something that terrifies you. Then they play the books next week, then they play the Saints the week after that. So if they win out, which is unlikely but not far-fetched, they will get into this thing, right? They, they will be, they will top Tampa, most likely. Tampa's probably not winning out. They, they will most likely uh, topple Tampa to win the division with a losing record. So it's... Um, it's an unbelievable coaching job, honestly. I mean, Steve Wilkes, no one will be in consideration for coach of the year when the team goes is five and nine or, or whatever, but it is harder to do a coaching job to keep a team invested when the owner has basically come down and said, this whole thing is over. You know, we're going to get rid of as many as you as possible. And then we'll go again in the offseason with a whole new crew of people to get the locker room to rebuy in when you're rotating through PJ Walker, who couldn't even start in the XFL, Baker Mayfield, who you've now gotten rid of, Sam Donald, who everyone knows stinks. It's a uh, it's pretty impressive to even have a fighting shot uh, going into the final three weeks. It was a 2014 season. They went seven, eight, and one to win the South and go through to the playoffs. And it was a combination of Anderson and Cam Newton that year. Uh... So it's primarily Cam Newton. See, because because my memory of it was was Cam Newton, to be yeah. honest. But Derek Anderson was the backup, and he was forced in several times when Cam Newton broke some ribs. Uh, so yeah, seven, eight, and one. And what are they at the moment? They are five and nine. So they have. Jesus they Christ. would maybe get in. They would maybe get in at seven and ten. Oh my god! It's even worse. <laughs> Tampa's Tampa. Just for the record, so Tampa, Tampa play the Cardinals uh, this week. Okay, and that Trace McSorley is starting because Colt McCoy has a concussion. So if the if Tampa wins that one, they go to seven and eight. That that might be it. So that would be the unfortunate thing of this fun game. But then they do play each other the week after. Then Tampa goes to Atlanta in the last week of the season, which isn't a gimme when you've been as bad as Tampa has been for, for most of the weeks of the season, right? All these teams stink. It's just hilarious that, I mean, I, I know this is a bit of an anomaly, but there does seem like every year there's just a division where you're like, why, why are they in this thing? Same with the, the AFC South, right? I think the Jags are the best team in that. They've got a losing record right now, and they might still go on to win the division because them and the Titans play each other head-to-head. We should have some kind of slotting system where we can boot one of the divisions 
from at least hosting a playoff game per year, right? The division with the worst overall combined record or some kind of calculation that eliminates one of these playoff slots. Because why do we have to have one of these NFC South teams just get I, blasted into space in the first week? I kind of like the the ridiculousness of it, though. There's something quite appealing about they get the right to play and they get humiliated <laughs> in their own, yeah, in, the, in their There's own backyard. The thing, it, you know, you know, if Tom sneaks his way in this thing, and I don't know if you heard Tony Rowan speak, who at the end of last week, after they got hammered, hammered in the second half of that game against the Bengals, Tony Rowan goes, hey, Jim, I'm more encouraged today than I was yesterday about Tampa's chances. It's like they just got throttled by the Bengals for three quarters, essentially, after starting hot. They're six and eight, and Rowan's like, here they come, Jim, watch out. Oh, Jesus Christ. I mean, I... You know, it's funny, isn't it? I don't feel like we feel that way about Aaron Rodgers anymore, though. Oh, if he gets in, or no, oh, no you know, no, 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 they stink. <laughs> Not the same, is it? Right, they are the headlines that we're going to see next week. Definitely, without a shadow of a doubt, put money on it. Don't put money on it. Honestly, don't. That would be a stupid thing to do. Uh, let's spin forward to the game show. So the game show this week is just a little bit of fun, Ollie, that we're going to work through. We've got some Christmas movie quotes to throw to each other and see if we can figure out what the film is based on the quote. And then we're going to do another little round of NFL quotes. We love those. They always really get you thinking. So we hope you play along at home. If you've got any ideas for game shows you want us to play, if you've tuned into the show so far, or if you haven't, go back and have a listen to the old episodes because all the game show elements of the episodes are kind of non-week-to-week specific. So you can play along with them all the way. And we're going to keep playing those games as we go into the off-season, into next year. We'll start to go over them again and really refine them, Ollie, and make them the best that we could do. Yeah, I think with this one, this is like quotable, right? We did quotable once. Was that we right? did, yeah. It was like, whose line is it anyway? Yeah. So, well, I think we should do on this one is we've got the five Christmas quotes. We've got the five NFL quotes. We should weave one one by one. All right. So you get one one Christmas, one NFL, one Christmas, one, F, one NFL. Does that sound good? I love it. So I asked you Christmas, you asked me Christmas. I asked you NFL, you asked me NFL. Yeah. We got that. So we're going to give it. the quote and then we have to guess who gave the quote. If it's the Christmas one, we're guessing the Christmas movie correct yes yeah and if you get the character as well they're great okay cool cool here we go so here's your first christmas movie quote ollie we elves try to stick to the four main food groups <laughs> candy candy canes candy corn and syrup would that be the eponymous uh, buddy the elf from the movie elf that is correct ollie a film that i still have never seen what yeah how is that even possible in popular culture but do you know quotes the way like simpsons quotes just leak into society i know they do yeah so i would have probably been able to guess that but i've never got along with will ferrell when he's in films where he is the main attraction i've I've always preferred will ferrell when he is um the secondary thing you know ensemble yeah exactly go on then hit me with your first christmas one for me I realize that Christmas is the time to be with the people you love. I realize that Christmas is the time to be with the people that you love. Yes. I realize that Christmas is the time to be with the people you love. Very open-ended, honestly. <laughs> it's not, not as uh, on the nose as, as mine. 
Vegeta, that but if for something to be so short and specific, <laughs> it would need to be really clear. The time to be this, with this the could be like a, a uh, this could be like a, a Richard and Judy episode from two thousand and four. It's so that could be so that could be anything, it right? Anything. There is one clue in there. One of the words, not Christmas, does people in the title of the movie, which is a. I'll read it again, and you should should twig. I realize that Christmas is the time to be with the people you love. But is it love actually? It is love actually. So hang on, now I want to get the character though because I do love Love Actually as a film. Of course. And I realize that Christmas, Christmas people you love. It's Bill Nye, isn't <laughs> it? When he's talking that. to his producer, and the person I love is you. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Okay, I got that one. Right. NFL quote for you, my friend. No one has ever drowned in sweat. <laughs> no one has ever drowned in sweat. Uh, is it someone that one could describe as homicidally competitive? I don't know. I'm going to have to mm. find out more about this person because I don't know them very well. Okay. Oh, that's interesting. Oh, no, I know who this is. Yeah, but it's more of a, he's more of a college football personality, if you ask me. Oh, Jim Harbour. No. Hmm. Think of college broadcasting. College broadcasting. Okay. Can you repeat the quote, please? <laughs> of course. No one has ever drowned in sweat. <laughs> it is a great quote. It's true. Well, maybe somebody has. I'm not sure. <laughs> Fuck me. My, my flu bed last night. Jesus Christ. Almost drowned in sweat myself. Was it, uh, is it Desmond Howard? No, it's not. Oh, God. It is. Do you want me to tell you? Yeah, please. It's Lou Holtz. Ah, Lou Holtz failed. Lou Holtz. This is a great one for the young audience. Lou Holtz was the infamous coach of Notre Dame, the Fighting Irish. Uh, only won the national titles when games were played in black and white. Uh, all the players were white. Um, he became the head coach of the New York Jets, and he tried to institute a fight song the way a college team has a university fight song. Fun fact. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Let's keep moving, Ollie. Give me your NFL one for me. I'm a pretty good winner. I'm a terrible loser, and I rub it in pretty good when I win. Okay. This could be anybody, though. This is... Unless you've heard that quote, you're really going to struggle. Can you give me a, a modern or a, an old? It's a modern. Is he playing in the NFL at the moment? It's a modern who is old. A modern who is old. Mm -hmm. Still playing in the NFL? Still playing in the NFL. A modern who is old. I'm a pretty good winner. I'm a Oh, is that Tom Brady? It's Tom Brady. Yeah, I'm not surprised. Yeah, probably a <laughs> terrible loser. <laughs> Bloody hell. Okay. All right, are we back to my Christmas quote? We're back to Christmas. I'm going to give you one. Here we go. And we're going to have the hap, hap, happiest Christmas. Mm. Is this an obvious? These are quite hard because I've never seen this film either. I'm gonna have a hat. Say again. Hap hap happiest Christmas. Hap hap happiest Christmas. You see, 
these have been set by producer Stereo Mike, and so there's an assumption here on his part that we have seen all these films. <laughs> uh, I mean, they're probably ones that we would expect people would have expected you to see. Is it Deck the Halls? It's not. This is this is Clark Griswold from National Lampoon's uh, Christmas Folk Vacation. Yeah, and he says that, that like nine thousands. Yeah, I, I did enjoy that one growing up as a kid. Isn't that the one where they change out one of the children? So the whole family's the same as the other the other movies, but one of the children's changes or is the wife changes? I've, I've never seen this one either, you see. It's another film I've not seen. Classic he falls a lot, he falls off the roof. <laughs> I do think that's the recurring catchphrase of the film now that you've said it back. To oh, okay. There you go. That makes sense then. Okay, good. Right. So probably people out there listening did know what that is oh, go yeah. on give me your next one one slam their head against the dr- driving against the steering wheel because of that one okay you can mess with a lot of things but you can't mess with kids on christmas you can mess with a lot of things but you can't mess with kids on christmas okay that sounds quite home alone-y mm-hmm. is it but is it one of the home alone films it is indeed one of the home alone films you can't mess with kids on Christmas. It's got to be the first one then. Surely it's put the first one. Ke- Kevin McAllister. It is Kevin McAllister. One point for Kevin McAllister. It is not the first home. The second one, you know. It's Home Alone 2, Lost in New York. Uh, that's not a bad film as well. I like both of them. Lost again. He was lost again. Lost again. And again. <laughs> Left alone again, twice. again. Lost again. Right. NFL quote to you. Pressure is something you feel when you don't know what the hell you're doing. Another great quote. It's a great quote. Oh, that's got someone like Richard Sherman written all over it. It's got Sherman or Lewis or a guy who's just going in the huddle and just ripping. Well, I'm gonna, I'll give you a clue then. This is a quarterback. Wow. And a very good one. That's Peyton Manning. It is Peyton Manning, yeah. Pressure is something you feel when you don't know what the that hell you're is, doing. It's a good point. That truth is in that. the biggest big dick energy you've ever heard from a quarterback because you just know he knew exactly what he was doing at all times, which is him saying, I never, ever felt a second of pressure because I was better than everyone. It, basically, yeah. What a legend. You've got to love Peyton Manning. That is an all-time quote. It is. Translation. I am awesome. I knew I was awesome. And and you are not as good as I am. Suck it. That's basically what that quote is. Right, give me my NFL quote. God knows what this is going to be. Hi, I play football. <laughs> Make sure when anyone tackles you, he remembers how much it hurts. That is a fucking baller quote. <laughs> so that has got to be an offensive player. It's got to be an offensive player who just runs people over. Is that, I'm going to take a shot then. Is that Jerome Bettis? It's not, but that's a great guess. It's a similar vein of, of human being. Oh, okay. Let me try it. Let, is it a running back? Yeah, yeah, yeah. An all-time running back. Adrian Peterson? It is not Adrian Peterson. Older. Okay. One more guess. One more guess then. Is it a real kind of truck of a running back as well yeah what's the person many would consider to be like the most unstoppable running back um of his or they would suggest any era barry sanders but no we're talking about a a fridge of a back oh um i oh words fail me mate you're gonna have to help me out jim brown ah yeah that's brilliant that's brilliant. I love that. I love that. Jim Brown, great quote. Give it me again. 
<laughs> make sure when anyone tackles you, he remembers how much it hurts. Brilliant. Absolutely love that. Right, next Christmas quote for you. No one should be alone on Christmas. Oh. Another film I've not seen. <laughs> no one should be alone on Christmas. I think I watched that like two or three days ago. Do you know what? This is why I'm going to suck at this, because all I ever did was watch two films on repeat every Christmas. We would watch Home Alone and we would watch The Muppets Christmas Carol. It's beautiful, I love The Muppets Christmas Carol. Did you do more of the TV specials? Would you go like an only We did TV specials, but it was just those two films. We never watched that much TV as as kids. Mum and Dad were actually quite sticklers on it. And I watched crap loads, actually, when I started to get my own independence. But when we were kids, it was just a couple of films and that was it. We were always playing games and things like that or making something. Show off. Happy families. Um, <laughs> will you read the quote again, please? Played a lot of Scrabble as well. No one should be alone on Christmas. Probably said something more like, not that I've ever seen the film, but something more like, no one should be alone on Christmas. Something like that. Something like that. Someone like that. My son is so so <laughs> funny. Noel Gallagher rolled in. <laughs> my my son is so funny at the moment because when you have a little human being and you produ- and then you think what they're going to sound like. So he's four and a half now and he he speaks perfectly well. But in Nottingham, we drop our T's and we drop our H's at the start of words quite a lot. So all it goes is it's in here, it's in here, it's not in here, it's in here, it's in here. It's so funny. <laughs> So, Bonnet. say it again like your son would say it. Uh, it's not in here. No one should be alone on Christmas. Is that a Scrooge? Nearly, but it's not Scrooge. I'm going to tell you what it is. It's Cindy Lou Who in How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Have you seen that? Yeah, of course. Yeah, it's, that's the Grinch. you never is seen that... the Grinch? Oh, I've never seen the Grinch, no. Wow. Wow. Telling you, two he's films gonna, on repeat, mate. going to allow you, your children, though, to get the true education of Christmas. Oh, look, the kids, the kids will be able to watch all the films. I'm not going to deny them of that completely. But the first films they will watch and fall in love with will be Home Alone and It's Beautiful Result. <laughs> okay, your Christmas quote is, Just remember, the true spirit of Christmas lies in your heart. Oh, I'm now learning how much trouble you're in because if it's not the Muppets Christmas Carol, Carol or Home Alone, I'm knackered. <laughs> Dearie me. How would the, the bookkeepers like to be unemployed? Heat wave! This is my island in the sun. Anyway, I love the Muppets Christmas Carol. Just, oh, so good. i got no idea. how That might be, um, what about um, not White Christmas, but It's a Wonderful Life. It is not It's a Wonderful Life. It is The Polar Express, a not seen from it. Santa Claus. Not Polar seen Express. it, but I like it. Bizarre CGI. Do not show your children that one. Really fucked up eyes and mask situation. It is, yeah, it's not for kids, that film. Looked a bit weird. Yeah, that's for sure. Right. NFL, back to me to ask you. Here we go. Fame is fleeting. That stuff comes and goes. You know, as soon as I play poorly... You won't be doing this interview. You'll be interviewing the next guy. Hmm. Quarterback again. Quarterback. Mod- but modern what? era. Seemingly and very has secure. And has retired. But is still within 
the footballing landscape. Andrew Luck. No. Oh. Tony Romo. Wow, really? That's that's yeah. peculiarly unarrogant for Tony yeah. Romo. He must be. He must be. He must. He he. That must have been when he was playing, though. Yes. Yes, because Tony Romo, as I told you before, a number of my friends work with and some for Tony Romo. Really? For him to um, suggest like he doesn't want to be the famous person there is it's, it's, it's confusing given uh, you know how he conducts himself, his contract negotiations, those kind of things. Mm, interesting guy. Right, give me mine. Um, where are we? I love this quote, by the way. This is an all-time. This is this is a legit quote. Talent sets the floor. Character sets the ceiling. Talent sets the floor. Character. Oh, that's good. That feels like a like a a coachy type of. Yeah, it's a coachy. Yeah, it's a coachy quote. It's a coach quote. Um, it's the kind of thing you walk in a gym and someone's poorly it, spray painted on the wall. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I know what you mean. That's really interesting. So I'm thinking. I'm thinking kind of Hall of Fame coaches. I'm thinking maybe not a modern coach, but not an ancient coach. Is it Lombardi again, though? It's not Lombardi. It sounds like Lombardi might have said, he did say this probably in 5,000 different ways that were more articulate. Um, This is a guy who's not famously articulate at the podium. It is a modern coach. Who's not articulate at the podium? Not f- yeah. Th- this is this for him is like this is like uh, Shakespearean for him. Is he still coaching now? He's still coaching now. Is it Mike McCarthy? Oh, it's not. It's Bill Belichick. Ah. <laughs> when I think of inarticulate head coaches, I think of Mike McCarthy. <laughs> he speaks out of his mouth like this. Um. Okay, where are we back to then? Christmas quote quotations. Come on, now you've got to get this. This one's really easy. To me, you are perfect. To me, you are perfect. Is this love actually? It is. Oh, thank God for that. Is that the scene, the weird scene with the um at the door? Yeah. Yeah, where he's doing the door and then she kisses him. She cheats on her husband with his best friend who's been stalking her. And then she just returns to the marital home to finish watching the or whatever they were watching. And he's like, and then after stalking his best friend's fiance um, and keeping a seedy tape of her on his DVD. Yeah, what's he doing with that? She finally relents and kisses him. And then he's like, okay, I'm good now. That was enough. <laughs> enough now. Yeah, <laughs> with a smug flip of the fucking CD player over his shoulder. Yeah, which would have totally been jumping all the time. He's slinging that CD, but anyway, very strange. Right, give me my next one. God, I hope I've seen this film. The best. This is this is the classic quote of Christmas movie quotes, which you must must know. The best way to spread Christmas cheer is singing loud for all to hear. The best way to spread Christmas cheer is singing loud for all to hear. Oh, my God. Oh, this is deeply worrying. <laughs> I'm just questioning whether I've even seen it. That's whatever it is. I must have seen How much do you think I've seen it? I know you've not seen it. I've definitely not seen it. Definitely not seen it. 
Oh my god! Then what am I supposed to say? But do do you do you own a, a television, for instance, that might play adverts? That I mean, this is shown on adverts during every Christmas cycle ten thousand times. This is the clip from the film that they every streaming company Sky uses because they want you to buy their product for Christmas. Because hey, we won the bidding for this film this year, and you have to come get it, people between your twenties and thirties. This is your Christmas movie. Holy mother of God, I feel terrible now. I'm judging myself. I don't even know what the answer is. I, I don't wish to submit an answer. I need to be told and educated. <laughs> it's Elf. Oh, is it Elf, it's elf. again? It's Buddy oh, the Elf. Right. <laughs> this is the problem, isn't it, you see? And I'm assuming my last quote that he's got for me is not from The Muppets Christmas Carol. It is not from The Muppets. Well, I'm massively disappointed <laughs> by that, to be quite honest. Jeez. You know... Oh, don't tip the driver. No, anyway, right. Back to um, NFL quotes for you, my friend. Okay. The fewer rules a coach has, the fewer rules there are for players to break. Bruce Arians. It was John Madden. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah, I know. That sounds, to be sounds a bit strange. Career, it's a bit laissez-faire, isn't it? Yeah, early in the career, he was like, basically, if you don't turn up on time, I will punch you in the face. <laughs> so I don't know at what stage in his life that was. Yeah, it's just it's probably, after he, probably after he retired when he was just yeah. recording soundtracks for video games. Hey, the fewer rules a coach has, the fewer rules there are for players to break. What I used to always love is when you used to get on the Madden games, you used to, you know, get points and you could buy the packs and you can make an ultimate team or whatever it was. A bit like FIFA, but I don't play FIFA. Uh, and when you bought the pack, you heard him go, boom. <laughs> I really like that. Um, give me my next quote. Come on, I've got to get one of these right. Okay, it takes a career, a lifetime to build a reputation and only one misstep for it all to crumble away. I'll read Very... that again. I did trip over it. It takes a career, a lifetime to build up a reputation and only one misstep for it all to crumble away. One of the truest things that, I mean, and that's been said by many people in many different kind of slight guises, but it's it's so, so true to build trust and then you just lose it straight away with one careless action. Now, is that somebody speaking from experience? <laughs> I wonder. It is terms of... someone speaking from experience and it's someone, as, as you said, who... Uh, although it has been one, not only has it been said a lot, it's a pretty like self-understood like human emotion. Like mm. trust is an intrinsic feeling that takes forever to build and is instantly broken. It's not even like a, a equationary calculation the way this person is suggesting. So it, it's kind of an understood evolutionary part of the human experience that this person believes they are so clever that they all somehow invented this kind of way of looking at it. Sean Payton. Oh, no, but that's a great guess. I love how you just went through the Rolodex of arrogant assholes in your mind. <laughs> and people have made mistakes and thought, hmm, Sean Payton, top of the list. <laughs> yeah, that was, that, I, I, I actually got to that and I was thinking, no, not Sean Payton. Who else could it be? And my mind just kept going, no, Sean Payton. <laughs> Do you want to take another, another step? Uh, it's a coach, I'm assuming, as well, yeah? It's not a coach. It is not a coach. Somebody who's made an error and then uh, thinks he might have. Oh, I've got a good one. Ben Roethlisberger. It is not Ben Roethlisberger. <laughs> it's another good guess, though. <laughs> it's another good guess, yes. Ooh. It is. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Is it a quarterback? It is a quarterback. Is he still playing? He's still playing. Made an error. 
Oh, okay. I'm going to take a shot at someone like Baker Mayfield. It is not Baker Mayfield. It is not Johnny Football. Who is it? It is Aaron Rodgers. Oh, my life. (laughs) Aaron Charles Rodgers, sort yourself out. What mistake? What does he think? He's some kind of... Oh, that guy sometimes, honestly. He's such a philosopher. I despair with... Cod philosophy, mate. And going on his... You know, going on his retreats where he expunges his bowels by drinking some weird fluid for three days. <laughs> done what you've done. Lost all that water weight. Oh, Aaron, Aaron. Never change, though, Aaron, because to Never. be quite honest, it is hilarious. It's such yeah. entertainment. He is funny. Right. Are you ready for where are we even at? Are we back to Christmas quotation? No, I think we need my my NFL quote, don't we? Do we? I, I just did the few. How many quotes? You, I've got one more Christmas. And one more NFL for you. How many yeah. have you got? For me? Yeah, I got one Christmas, one NFL. Okay, here we go. Right. So, Christmas. It's Christmas. That's not the quote. It's not just Christmas. Wow. Who's it's yeah. Christmas? <laughs> it's Christmas Eve, a time of mystery, expectations. Who knows what might happen? I do not even know what this is. It's Christmas Eve. A time of mystery, expectations. Who knows what might happen? Which, to be quite honest, is terribly punctuated. And, and frankly, it is Christmas Eve a time of where anything could happen. You got to know what the deal is, right? Depends if you're going up the pub drinking, which is what we used to do on Christmas yeah. Eve. Most people have a tradition on Christmas Eve. Some people go to mass. Some people get rat-assed. It's like <laughs> these are the traditions of the peoples. Some priests do both. <laughs> Um, it's Christmas Eve, a time of mystery, which I don't believe. A time of what was the second part? It's mystery if expectations, who knows what might happen. It's mystery a little bit, though, because if you're a kid, I always remember we used to go to carols around the pump or maybe carols in the church, and often it was on Christmas Eve, but one of the early ones, not the late ones. And you'd walk home and you'd be like, oh, what am I going to get for Christmas tomorrow? That's the mystery. That's exciting. I, oh, I guess. Did, you have kids now. Do you and your wife do the thing where you do the... The your presents or one present the night before away from no it's bizarre because we go to greece um over the the christmas period and this time it's 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 either christmas or the new year period and we switch around each year so we have christmas here christmas there christmas here this was christmas there so there's loads of presents under the tree here already the boys have seen them they're gonna go to greece there'll be presents under the christmas tree there and then when santa comes santa leaves more presents so the presents under the tree are from Big granny and granny and stuff like that, but then there'll be more presents. They have two Christmases. Wow. What a Basically. Life. What a life. Exactly. <laughs> Great time of mystery and joy for them. Wow, that's fun. What was the quote again? <laughs> I have no idea. It's Christmas Eve, a time of mystery expectations. Who knows what might happen? Who knows what might happen? Is that the movie that had Christian Kristen Stewart in it? It was called. I wiki it while I'm here. What was that movie called with Kristen Stewart? Kristen Stewart? Yeah. Woman from Who's... Twilight. Oh. Played Diana and Spencer. Um, clearly not that movie. So I'll go with something else. Uh... This film stars Kira Knightley, Mackenzie Foy, That's... Eugenio Derbez, Matthew McFadden, Richard E. Grant, Misty Copeland, Helen Mirren, Morgan Freeman, and was released in... I've never seen this, you see. Was released in 2018. There's a Morgan Freeman, Helen Mirren, Kira Knightley Christmas movie. 
Exactly. <laughs> wow. Wow. I got no idea. And he's not even at the holiday on this list, evidently, which is it's it, it's the nutcracker in the four realms. <laughs> what the fuck is that? Exactly, exactly. Precisely. Precisely. I have no idea what that is. It's actually more funny, actually, when we've got no idea what the answer is. That was by that was said by Drosselmeyer, a skilled engineer who gives oh, her, who gives Clara a magical gift that once belonged to her mother, played by none other than Morgan Freeman. Ever since I was young, people liked the sound of my voice. Oh, dear. Right, give me my last Christmas one and see if I can Dross get it. Dross, <laughs> You just dross. End it there. <laughs> You're skipping Christmas. Isn't that against the law? Skipping Christmas. Isn't that against the law? To be quite honest, now I'm thinking what you said about Christmas specials. Yeah, if this was like the Vicar and Dibley Christmas special, yeah. I think I would do do really, really well on that one. The Office um, Crush. Oh, yeah, 100%. The office. Uh oh man. Those two that is that is perfection. <laughs> that is perfection. Yes. Those two those two are perfection. And the way that it starts is just brilliant. They're trying to find the plonker of the year. <laughs> I'm not a plonker. No. You're gonna go away and watch that now in the next couple of days because it's just it I watch it every good. Christmas Eve. Me and my mum, we get together and we watch part one, part two. It's, it's a happy tradition and we get merry. That's what we do. I, I remember that so well. And I just remember punching the air when in the second one, he just goes, hey, Finch, why don't you fuck off? <laughs> it is so incredible that he could turn round our views of him, yeah. which were always this guy is this small minded, self-obsessed. Yeah. You, you know, and then all of a sudden you're on his side. It's bizarre how Gervais manages to do that. Right, give me my last one. You're skipping Christmas, isn't that? Oh yeah, sorry. Oh yeah, fuck. I don't know. Tell me what it is. It is Spike Frommeyer, 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 Spike Frommeyer from Christmas with the Cranks. Never seen it. I think Diane DeVito's in that. I think I'm not so I see one of the films that <laughs> that those quotes were from. Right, I'm gonna give you my last NFL one. Here you go. You wanna be the best at work in order to go out and celebrate. You want to be the best at work. At work. At work. In order, in order to go out and celebrate. In other words, you gotta be the best and then you can go out and get razzed. Oh, in order to go after the game and celebrate. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, it maybe changes the calculation. Maybe doesn't. I'm thinking it's from those '80s Cowboys teams. It sounds like well, it's got to be either Michael Irvin or Deion Sanders. It's neither. I'm going to tell you. It's oh. a modern. It's a modern player. And then I'll give you no more clues, and you can have one more shot. Oh, only one more clue. Modern. Who's a great that works hard and then goes out? Oh, and Gronk. It's Gronk. <laughs> Enough uh, funny that I'm like in my head. Gronk is so from the wrong time. He was playing last season. He was winning Super Bowls two years ago. And in my head, I thought he was on the crack adult 18 yeah. Cowboys. What substance was he on? Okay. <laughs> Give me my last one then, bud. Let's round this show out. Okay, everyone strap in. This is a this is a longie. <clears throat> Authenticity is everything. You have to wake up every day and look in the mirror and you want to be proud of the person who's looking back at you. And you can only do that if you're being honest with yourself and being a person of high character. You have an opportunity every single day to write that story of your life. Wow, that sounds. It sounds like that sounds white girls bellendy as well. <laughs> every white girl's Instagram post. Oh my god! 
Mm, has he mm, has he given me the same guy twice? That's why I'm suspicious about this moment in time. That sounds awfully a lot like the 12 in the green and gold. Read it one more time. Authenticity is everything. You have to wake up every day and look in the mirror and you want to be proud of the person who's looking back at you. And you can only do that if you're being honest with yourself and being being a person of high character. You have an opportunity every single day to write that story of your life. That's AR-12, surely. That's just nonsense. That is AR-12 at his authentic finest. Oh, what a legend. Hey, he's an arse, but he's our arse at the end of the day. Uh, I still love him. What a plonk face. What did he do with his life? It's it's funny, isn't it? Because he detached himself from his family and then he lost all kind of, at least publicly, and again, it's complete bullshit of any of us to judge anybody when we don't know the person, really. That I'll put that out there because it is unfair. But there then just to seem to be a slide into no kind of centering of himself in any kind of level of emotional intelligence and reality at all. It's funny you say that because that is true. And that was the thing with him is there was always like rumors and gossip and whispers, right? That he's a bit weird, a bit annoying, a bit arrogant. But he had kept us so far removed from himself that it was like you would say, well... You know, we don't know him. Maybe he's just really smart and intelligent. He's not built for the football world. These are the kind of things that were given to him. He's an artist. He's just temperamental. You know, people are allowed to have different moods or whatever. Mm. As he revealed himself more to us and as he let us in more, I was like, oh, no, this guy is just a bit of a quack. That's who he is. (laughs) Let's end it on this. He just, I wonder whether anyone's done the whole Garth in Wayne's World 2 when they put on that concert to him. And uh, the guy's setting up the machine, saying about the machine gun nests at the side of each stage. Have you seen the film? You must I have, have not seen the film, no. Okay. So they've got this old wacky uh, kind of show organiser and they're trying to organise this rock concert. And essentially he's saying that how it all needs to be laid out. It's all fairly sensible. And then he says, on the right and left of the stage will be two M42 Brownings. Now these babies tend to heat up, so shoot in small bursts. And then Garth turns around and goes, he says, any questions? And Garth says, yeah, when did you turn into a nut bar? (laughs) (laughs) That's what somebody should have asked Aaron Rodgers a long time ago. Ollie, it's been another fantastic... um, uh, well, half a year since we jumped back on the pod after our hiatus of, of a while, and it's a pleasure to be on again, my friend. I wish you a wonderful, wonderful Christmas. How are you spending Christmas Day? I'm spending Christmas Day here. I will be de- demolishing. Uh, I'm thinking between seven, eight to ten espresso martinis whilst I partake in the enjoyment of watching uh, the, the Packers get housed by the by the Dolphins. We're going to get underpantsed. <laughs> I love it. What are you going to eat? Uh, what am I going to eat? Um, I, controversial. Controversial. This year. You've thrown me off my game. I'm, I'm going duck this year. I'm going duck. Wow. Mm-hmm. What with? Uh, well, that's not for me to decide. I'm not the chef in the family. I was just asked, what do I want for Christmas? And I chose and you, duck. And you went for duck. <laughs> wow. That's bold. That is not near the top of the list. I mean, it's fine. There's nothing wrong with duck. It's very pleasant. But You have no one coming over this year. So mm. it's just three of us. So I, I was asked, what did I want? I went with my gut. My yeah. gut said duck. I, I, I am, however, this is what my big thing. I, I despise when people say they don't like turkey. I think that's, that's a nonsense. What you, oh, it's you're nice. Not, you're not appropriately addressing the turkey situation. One, you're cooking it wrong, clearly. You're not, you're not lathering it in the correct gravy. You're not you know, adding mm-hmm. the, right, the right stuff with it. You don't just eat the turkey individually. That'd be, that'd be insane. 
the best part about Christmas is the leftover sandwich. So I am purposely getting some turkey to then have with leftover sandwiches the following days. But I will not be as my course eating the turkey. So many, so many things to address there. First of all, yeah, I completely agree with you. People always say turkey's so dry. Well, put the effing gravy on it, you dick. What are you playing at? Then, it, oh, guess what? It's not dry anymore. Jesus Christ. And then, secondly, why aren't you having duck sandwiches the day after? <laughs> because I think turkey uh, marries better with a stuffing and a cranberry situation, and it packed into one sandwich. I don't think duck and stuffing marry quite as well together in a sandwich. But you could get some like plum sauce just on the side and layer that on. Yeah. That might work well with a sandwich. Warm it up. I could work well. Some kind mm, of could. Could. And when you say the three of you as well, I assume you mean the third person is the dog. You've not had a child. Well, oh, no, 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 no. That's, that's my mom. So she's, she's going to be there. The dog makes four of us. That, that was, oh, okay. That, right. Fair enough. Okay. Yeah. No, all right. Now that makes sense. Now I understand. Sorry. I was confused. Uh, okay. Brilliant. Well, I will be sending you my love from Greece, as always, sending my wish down the well. Uh, as the Simpsons did. That has no reference to anything. It just came into my head. That's how my brain works. It doesn't. Right. But for now, and to all of you all, please, please keep tuning in. We really appreciate you if you enjoyed the show. Find us on Twitter, at Ollie Connolly, at the underscore Tommy underscore more. But for now, it's goodbye and Merry Christmas from Ollie. Goodbye. Goodbye and Merry Christmas for me. Enjoy the festive period and enjoy the Packers getting underpantsed. <laughs> Night, everyone. It's the most wonderful time of the year With the kids jingle belling and everyone telling you be of good cheer It's the most wonderful time of the year It's the happiest season of all With those holidays Greetings and gay happy meetings when friends come to call.